like scary movies and watered down true crime, then this is the podcast for you. We've been best friends for almost 30 years, and we've been getting high while watching movies together for most of it. Now we want to share that with you. So pour your white wine on ice and prepare your bud any way you choose. Because what would be girls' night without a little THC? Welcome back to another episode of THC True Hollywood Crime. My name's Mariah. <laughs> this is Bailey. Happy it, New Year. Happy birthday. <laughs> it's your birthday episode. And I'm so excited for it. Yeah. I couldn't wait. It's not actually your birthday. Your birthday is the 25th. It's close. Yeah. This is the episode. This will drop. Clo- yeah. This will drop close enough. Mm-hmm. So I'm so excited that we're here. My. I told you my goal tonight is to get you as fucked up as possible. We've already had a full drink. A full, what what do we call them? Stinky pinkies? Uh, Yeah. And we're another half down. And a mushroom down. Yeah. A mushroom each. Uh Uh-huh. Which I think I probably will take the the Yeah, the stem didn't do Mm, much. You take a little cap. I will. I will. Um, Good luck, guys. (laughs) But we did break out the old school THC drink for B's birthday. Yeah, a little stinky pinky, and then I brought a surprise. Ooh. Right? My pirate water. <laughs> Your pirate water, which is like, I get a salt, a malt liquor? It's malt. Okay. Yeah, I got to be drunk before I drink that. I, I, think, I think it'll be good. I'm sure it will be. Right. Is there it's, sugar in it? A lot. Yeah. I, I, to- don't, I, I honestly don't know if I can drink it. So I honestly don't know if there is a lot. I'm just saying that because there's no nutritional facts on the can. So Google I just, it. I assume that's bad news. <laughs> when they don't put it on the can, it's yeah. for a reason. We can Google it, but I can only drink so much of that then. Right. That's what, like if we just add it to a seltzer. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll do it the next round. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the people who are not old school fans and don't know what a stinky pinky is let us tell you it is a thc patent pending drink that we created which is dangerous vodka mixed with white wine this is pinot gris our fave and then you fill the rest up with seltzer so of your a choice white claw. any flavor i got a six pack of black cherry because it's the best and then we like to add a float of some wild ass liqueur yeah. called kinky. kinky pink kinky pink this is i think kinky fruit punch this is yeah uh-huh but b and i had a time with kinky pink my sister-in-law that's the only thing she drinks is kinky pink mixed with red bull which makes me think Insane. she might be fucking crazy it makes my teeth hurt for real your 13 year old was like that's pretty yeah because it's so red it's so <laughs> it's like grenadine yeah mm-hmm. but alcoholic grenadine incredible Wow, what a time. So Woo. you guys should make that. I told my client about it um, today. because I'm like, I'm going to try and get my friend drunk for her birthday. We're going to drink this. And she's like, I'm like, this drink is going to sound crazy. And she's like, no, that sounds delicious. I'm it's like, so good. It's so good. When you hit the right measurements. Yeah. Oh. It's like, and the measurements I would say is like a shot of vodka, maybe two fingers of white wine, the rest seltzer. And then a splash, yeah. a little breath. Of the kinky. A floated kinky. Mm-hmm, for the color. Just like you would a mimosa. Yes, right. Okay, so we have a lot to get into. What do you want to do first? I have 
pick your poison. I have your birthday present. I have whatever news you have. Okay. I want to do stupid New Year's th- something. Okay. And then we'll do a pick your poison. Okay. And then maybe I'll hit you with a little bit more news. Okay. And then we'll do a prezi. Okay. And then we'll circle back to my reviews. Perfect. It'll work. Okay. Great. So, because we're so late into the new year, I'm not going to do stupid resolutions or anything. Yeah. But all I'm going to say is you were smart enough to remind me that they do the ball drop at the East Coast time. Nine o'clock, baby. So, obviously, I let Violet stay up. And boy, was she fucking disappointed. (laughs) She's like, that's it? Yeah. That's literally, that's the ball drop? Yeah. She's like, that's fucking stupid. You know what's really stupid is the people who go watch it live have to wear diapers. Yeah. Insane. I could never. Never. Never, ever, ever. The performances were bad. Oh, it's always bad. Yeah. I can only handle so many hours of Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen. Being drunk. Right? Like, forget it. It's fun in clips, but not hours worth. But then I read an article that talks about what other parts of the country do. And I oh. thought it was really interesting. Okay. So in Maryland, in a town northeast of Baltimore, there's a city that calls itself the decoy capital of the world. Like a duck decoy? Mm-hmm. So they have a bedazzled duck yes. that they drop. Good. Incredible. Love that. In- Way better than the fucking right? stupid ball in Times Square. Mount Olive Pickle Company in oh North Carolina. God. They staged the descent of a giant pickle. Yes. With the help of the local fire department. And I do eat their pickles sometimes. I love that. Yeah. So cute. And then across the Gulf Coast. Not um, the Gulf Coast. Near like Mobile, Alabama. Mobile. That's where my (laughs) father-in-law was from. Mobile, Alabama. There's a 600-pound, 12-foot electric moon pie. Okay. (laughs) Now we're getting into some shit. That's fun. (laughs) The Weatherford Hotel in Flagstaff, Arizona, drops a six-foot-tall, lit-up metallic pine cone. Okay. In, In Arizona? Yeah. Flagstaff, Arizona. They have pine cones in Arizona I don't know it there's definitely a story behind it I did not go into like why they do these things but there's absolutely a reason for I feel like do we have any listeners in Arizona let us know do you guys have pine cones for real though no but a lit up metallic pine cone it would be dope as fuck yeah Seattle launches fireworks off the Space Needle to represent the city's innovative forward thinking spirit okay and finally as we talk about spirits mm. in Temecula, California. Oh, my God. They drop oversized luminous grapes as a symbol of the city's vast wine country. I love that you brought up Temecula because what? that is. Well, that's where my coworker just moved to. Oh, Temecula. Amazing. So now that she moved to Temecula. She's got to tell us about these grapes, babe. Well, not just that, but it keeps coming up in my life. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everyone keeps bringing Google up Temecula. It. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weirdly. Yeah. The universe. All right. Perfect. We love that. Now let's pick some poison. Let's pick some poison. And this was from Christmas. This was your Christmas present to me. And we do not play by the rules because the rules are too hard. The rules are really hard. Oh, and and speaking of too hard. Oh, baby. Our last episode, we told you that we were going to try to play Scream. 
Yes. And that shit, we tried to well, cheat. in all fairness, it's, we were very drunk. I don't care. We tried. We watched the video. Yeah. We read the rules. We tried it to cheat. It was fun, though. I feel like we were getting it at the end. We Yes. I think you're supposed to work together. Yes. And maybe if there was more of us. I think, I think you, it's the more of us. You need more people. You need more people with more cards. Because that killer does not give you enough time. No. To figure your shit but out. But when... He calls you it's on so your exciting. phone. So oh, exciting. my God. <gasps> and I love that we were playing with your husband's best friend, Bobby, because mm-hmm. your husband is a hardcore rule follower and will not deviate from game rules. How whatsoever. scared was Bobby? He was like, we're going to cheat. Like, what if Nick's. What no, if- he was. You know, he I was, was scared. Yeah, he oh, was. He was the I was instigator. Like, I was like, he's like, well, we'll just do it this way. And I'm you're like, like, no, oh, well, Nick would never allow us to do that. He's all Nick's, Nick's not, not here. here. I'm like, <gasps> That's right. Nick's not here. We're going to We're going to get dirty. And we still fucking died. Maybe we still lost. We still Maybe died. if we followed the rules, it, we oh would have won. God. So the Scream game, though, a lot of fun. I think it's it's the same people who make um, pop figures. Funko. Funko made that game. Cute. All right. So this is Pick Your Poison. We are not trying to bite their style. What's really weird is B got this for me for Christmas. And I was like, perfect. We'll do a Pick Your Poison on the episode. This is so cute. And then... My favorite podcasts that I talk about are the male British versions of us, Shits and Gigs, James and Fuhad. They do it too. And I do not listen to this podcast. Yeah. I did not know that. I've never seen this game ever in my life. Literally, after you got me this game, that those clips started showing up on my YouTube. Right. I've never seen this game before in my life. There were two versions available. I went with the after dark version because even though it's raunchy, yeah, I knew that there were going to be things that we could still relate to like your teen and preteen. And me and the teens did play this. I just, um, there's just a few things you might have to say. Yeah. Out. I just didn't, yeah. didn't tell them all of them. I forgot to find myself an ashtray. It's right there. I left you one. Is this it? I don't know. Isn't that the one you always use? Perfect. All right. Pick your poison. Lose all of your sex organs, which does that mean the vagine and everything? So you'll be like a Barbie doll? Yeah. Or only sleep with people twice your age. So twice our age, we're getting up into almost 80. Oh, by sex organs? I'm going to say only sleep with people twice my age. You want to know why? Viagra? I just won't fuck anybody. Oh, but you can fuck yourself. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, that's, that's the workaround. I don't want to lose my sex that's organs. Sneaky. I like them. <laughs> I don't want to lose them. I to just, be fair, you're talking to the girl who literally looked at her OBGYN and was like, can you just gut me out when I'm done <laughs> having a baby? Just take it all. That's just how I feel Take right it now. all and sew it up. <laughs> okay. Would you rather... Blow a horse until completion. Oh, they're big. Or get mauled by a pack of stray pit bulls. Oh, I'll blow a horse. Yeah? Oh, yeah. I think I'd get mauled by a pack of stray pit bulls. Uh, That would hurt. Yeah, but I feel like you could like... I could fake myself out on a horse. I can't fake myself out of the pain. I guess so. That's a tough one. I don't know which one I would choose. Uh, The horse for sure. I don't think I could do the horse. Yeah. I feel like people get mauled by pit bulls all the time. I could jack off a horse like nobody's business. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's a sentence to say. Oh, this is a great one. Okay, this is the one we're going to end on because oh this is going to be a real existential crisis for Bailey. Wow. I don't think you're going to be able to do this oh, one. No. It's Would about you spit. rather? No. Okay. 
Remove one of your eyeballs with a spoon. Oh. Or eat a puppy. Bye, eyeball. <laughs> Bye, eyeball. Absolutely I'm not. I'm for sure eating a puppy. Absolutely Grill not. that motherfucker up. What's the difference between him and a chicken? I still get one eyeball. <laughs> no, wait. But you have to remove it yourself with a spoon. Oh. I don't even know if you're physically able to do that. I'd just give up and die and let the puppy live. <laughs> no, I'm for sure grilling up that puppy. Ooh. Just pretend it's a little game hen, you know? <laughs> it better be an ugly ass fucking puppy that like bit me. Yeah, but like, can I get the puppy? Already, Do I like, get to pick the puppy? Well, yeah. No, I want to know, can I get it not see it? Can I get it already skinned, Mm-mm. gutted? No, I'm and picturing. Then we're putting it on the grill. I'm assuming I have to kill the puppy. No, it just said eat the puppy. Oh, I can eat a puppy. Like, yeah, you put it. If you serve me a burger, I'm going to eat a puppy burger. No problem. <laughs> but if I have to kill the dog and prepare it myself. It didn't say that, though. It just mm. said eat one. So I'm going to I'm going to assume that they mean that it's already at least the meat's prepared for you. So all you have to do is cook it. Like, okay. Grill it. Yeah. No, that's a lot easier than scooping out my eyeball. For sure. I'm eating that puppy. <sighs> we I have- probably already have, to be honest, <laughs> with some of the street meat I've had. Yeah. I've I've had some really questionable foods in my life. Yeah, and you're still fine. For real. And we always had the running joke. You know, we loved our dog so, so much. We had our dog before we had our kids. He was he was one of the family. But I always said, like, I love my dog. Oh, sir, the but dog. when the zombie apocalypse happens and it's, the food runs we're out. We're out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, the dog starts looking pretty real good. good. Mm-hmm. Just kidding. I would have never ate my dog. But I would eat but a puppy don't know. before I scoop out my own eyeball. Right? Because it's kind of the veal of dog. I also don't eat veal, though. I do. I know you do, you fucking bitch. I'm an animal. Me wanting and to I'm scoop sure out my own eat, eyeball. Uh, I'm sure you also eat uh, foie gras. No, I don't do any liver. No pate of any kind. It's a textural thing. Yeah. Mm-mm. I, I would do it because I feel bad for the geese. No, I absolutely would. Fuck the geese. Yeah. No, it's it's a textural thing for me. All right. Well, there's your round to pick your poison. We'll do a couple more next episode. And we're going to go pick our next poison. Pick our next poison. Bye. We'll try pirate's booty. What is it? <laughs> Pirate water. Pirate's <laughs> water. Big deal. Uh-huh, for sure. Okay. We're back. We got new drinks. We are trying out a new drink, which is the same stinky pinkies, but instead of a white claw, we used a pirate water, which I had never heard of. And you showed up with them. We used the Miami Vice mm-hmm. or the Bahama Mama. Miami Vice, uh-huh. which is very red. It's the same color as the kinky pink. It's we're drinking fruit punch at it's this point. So like the red dye that's gonna flow through our veins. And it's a ten percent malt liquor. Yeah. But apparently only two grams of sugar is what the internet says. I don't know if it's true. But we're gonna hope. Yeah. We're gonna hope for it, the best. It completely neutralized the like booze. It tastes like Kool-Aid. So cheers to us. Fuck. That's wild. Woo! Mm. Although I will say on the back end, I do get a little malt liquor taste. See, all I taste was water. So fun. Okay. What a time. Okay. What was next on your to-do list? Uh, Next, I'm going to do a little silly news, I guess. Okay. Let's see. Since we're talking about beverages. Yep. Congratulations to White Claw. Okay. For inventing LaCroix. Oh, What? Apparently, they decided that it was a good idea to come out with a 0% version. (laughs) Wow, great idea, guys. And not only that, it's a dollar and change more expensive. Than LaCroix? Yeah. And LaCroix is already the most expensive 
of the seltzers. Because it's fancy. Yeah. It's pump Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not just getting that anywhere. So why Claw needs to calm the fuck down? That's so funny. That's crazy. And it's so funny because we worked that in reverse, which is instead of doing, because when we go out, we do vodka sodas. Yeah. And then at home, I was like, oh, I could do a vodka LaCroix right. or a vodka bubbly. Which is delish. And then we were like, yeah, but if we're going to do that, then we could just do vodka White Claws Absol- and have booze all the way across the table. And not only that, White Claw, you already killed it with the surge. Yeah. The surge that puts us on another fucking planet. It's so wild. <laughs> what do you put in that shit? Ecstasy? What is in there? <laughs> we like it. And yeah. you keep making that and you stop fucking with water. Yeah. It's none of your business. Yeah. Um, just in time for my birthday, mm-hmm. there are two Swiss brothers who unveiled their latest invention, the Flappy in okay. Las Vegas. Okay. It's a fucking smart AI like cat door. Okay. So if your cat has anything in its mouth. Yeah. If anything besides the cat mm-hmm. is trying to get through the door, it's like, mm bitch. Not happening. Those guys have lived your nightmare before. And it's all on camera. So you get full feed. So like if another cat tries to come in oh. or another type of animal tries to come in or It'll you get to down. See- oh, and you get to see it. Okay. Yeah. And so it you have to have a chip on like the collar. Mm-hmm. Um. So what's interesting about mimosas, of course, she'll keep the collar. But any like bell or attachment is fucking gone. Yeah. So I'm like. I'd still be fucked, I'm sure. But still, I appreciate the, but if the thought chip is and like the struggle. Lush to the collar. Maybe. She Maybe. might not notice. Exactly. But brilliant nonetheless. How applause. Amazing. To these Swiss brothers. Yeah, they've lived your nightmare. They have. They've had a rat I, show I up appro- at 2 a.m. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. In Florida news. Oh, how timely. On January 4th. There was an exploding toilet at Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> that left a customer injured and covered in feces, oh, no. urine, and debris. What a bad fucking day. Upon leaving the restroom, he was told by employees that they were aware of a problem as they had been <laughs> involved in previous like incidences. That's so funny. And so the customer is suing for $100,000. As, as they should. Claiming to have suffered severe long-term injuries and counseling yeah the ptsd would be wild and here i'm just worried about like now that i moved to a house that's not septic all i worry about is rats and snakes Mm -hmm. showing up in your toilet Mm -hmm. oh my god and speaking of ptsd i lost our fantasy football to the 13 year old the 13 year old my kid fucking in the Came in. One whole thing. Scrambled so hard. You did. You changed your whole lineup. I changed everything. Because Lou double checked Kai's lineup just to make sure that they didn't have anybody out. That's all he was doing, just to make sure that there's nobody out. And he looked at your lineup and he's all I made B's some moves. been making some moves. Yeah. I made some <laughs> fucking moves and it did not pay off. Nope. It was close though. It I was feel like it was closer than it would have been. Right. My actual team, because it was going into like important games, none of my big ticket items were playing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because they had already like clinched. Yeah. 
So they got to sit it out for the week. And I'm like, well, that doesn't fucking help me, motherfuckers. So the 13 year old one, which is incredible. That's so fun. And she didn't do a thing. It doesn't matter. Not a thing. It doesn't matter. She just let it ride. That's so fun. But now my 11 year old is getting into football. And I asked him, I'm like, so would you be interested in doing our fantasy league next year? And he said yes, because he would actually be like part of it researching yeah. and moving people mm-hmm. and like thinking about it so and then everyone else took the easy route and venmoed the money yeah to my kid well to me and i gave it to my kid but your kid had talked so much shit about present wrapping that it was on i did layers i know of, i missed it i was at work i didn't get to see it i put it within tissue paper envelopes and it's just a $20 bill by the way everybody no packing like beyond I'd put like little printouts of memes in between to mock them every layer (laughs) yeah because the only thing that my kid provided was shit talking and funny memes which counted and I appreciated yeah yeah absolutely so it is what it is and she took all of our like middle-aged lady humor in stride yeah you know Mm-hmm. Other than that, in sports news, my only question is, how do you feel about the other Kelsey retiring? Was that surprising to you? No, because he was talking about retiring last season. Okay. That's what his documentary is about gotcha. on Amazon. Okay. Is he thought he was going to be retiring last season. And so they made the documentary thinking that they were going to follow a player in his like last year in the NFL. What does that look like? What does retirement look like? And then the Eagles ended up being really good and they went to a Super Bowl. And yeah. so then it became about the brothers, the Super Bowl. Got it. And then he decided to stay for another season. Fun that he got to experience that before going out. Yeah. And he's going to go out as one of the best O linemen, as one of the best centers of all time. Awesome. He'll be a Hall of Famer. Very cool. And I could see him going on to first of all he has a highly successful podcast so he could just podcast and be good but i could see him being like a coach awesome like an o-lineman coach or something perfect wanted to get your take on that um and then even though we're a niners family and you and lou you've got your own teams (laughs) the fucking cowboys and raiders yeah the losers so on a losing note fucking go lions yep I'm going for the Lions. Although of all of our teams, I'm I'm so my putting brother, all of my energy in Lions. My brother-in-law is a Lions fan. Yeah, hardcore Lions fan. Um, and he has been just spending a lifetime in misery, basically. Yeah. So my heart is also with the Lions. Although, um, with my dad being as sick as he is, you're gonna go Niners. That's rough. Maybe if they what make it to the down. Super Bowl. Yeah. If they make it to the Super Bowl, You'll I'll probably always, go Lions yeah, yeah, yeah. or go oh, Niners. Niners, yeah. To just, that would be incredible for my dad to see the Niners win well, a Super Bowl. fair then. Before he goes out. There we go. You know? We, we I each have asking, our reasons. Mm-hmm. As the Niners won tonight, and I was like, I asked Lou, I'm like, how much are Super what are the Bowl chances? tickets? And he's like, a few thousand dollars each. Give, I'm like, yeah. oh, I don't think I'm going to You could sit outside. <laughs> For real. Y'all just, just take enjoy my, the moment. my dad's cancer-ridden body to outside Allegiant uh, Stadium. And just to smell the, the smells and hear yeah. the sounds. No, But no, I, I'd probably be going for the Niners just for my dad. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, of course, go Lions. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves an underdog story. And that's it. And that was Bob's team. Yeah. So that's it. All right. So go Lions. Now we'll present and then I'll circle back on reviews. Perfect. I got I got some reviews. Oh, wait. 
I also have pod news. Oh, what are those? Depressing. So we'll come back to that. (laughs) (laughs) Not depressing pod news. Uh, All right. So again, not B's birthday, but B's birthday episode. And I wanted B to open this present because I think it's going to be very much in theme with the episode tonight. And the reason this is my birthday episode is because we had New Year's. Yeah. And then last weekend was Violet's birthday. Violet yeah. turned seven. And we had a lot of stuff going on last week. Yeah. And so now we're finally getting a moment to breathe and enjoy each other. And surely we're doing that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so this will be your birthday. So. Exactly. So this is when we actually get to celebrate. Yep. Oh, my God. No. No. <laughs> no yeah you guys it's a signed copy of a monk script that's right the whole cast signed it <gasps> which also means where buffalo would, bill signed where it. would you even find this that's where i find stuff what a sleuth yeah skill yeah don't oh worry about where God. I found where I found. But oh. I just love that if the cast of Monk signs it, it means that, that Buffalo Bill signed it. That's insane. Yeah. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. Do we get their signatures? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll let you have Buffalo Bill. I'll get Adrian. Oh, my God. Talk about. Although best... you're more of an Adrian and I'm more of a Buffalo Talk Bill. Talk about best friend tattoos. Yeah, that's it. That's it right there. That's insane. Because you're. Type A OCD Aquariusness is very Adrian Monk. So funny. I got to spend quite a bit of time with your mom recently. <laughs> and that's a lot of our conversation. Monk? No, me being type oh. A. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not monk. My, mom, my mom loves Monk. No, no, no. Me Who do you being, think got me into Monk right, in the first no, place? me being type A. And she's like, yeah, that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. Love my mom. Always oh the last God. one to the party. Oh, I'm about to be sick. I thought, the, I thought the drink was going to be too much. I didn't know that the gift was going to give me a punch to my Oh, gut. my God. Um, My mom has been, because she has a, like, she's a little interested in the Lacey Peterson case. So she was listening to last episode with her bestie, Carrie. And they made it like halfway through. That's cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my mom was listening last week. All right. So I don't have show reviews, but I'll tell you guys some of the stuff I've been reading. So I don't remember if we talked about this last week on the Sode or just between the two of us, but I reread All the Young Dudes, the Marauder series. I don't think we talked about it. I reread it because it just felt like the right time of year to reread it. And I also, because I got a tattoo for it and I was like, was that a reasonable choice? Like, was that something stupid? And then I reread it. And I'm like, no, that was a good choice. Awesome. So I love that. For reaffirmed you. the fact because it's not somewhere hidden. It's my forearm. It is the first thing people see when they look at my arms. So that's kind of a a big deal. But <clears throat> I reread it. Still holds. It up. still applies. Great. Love it. Great. Good choice. But it did send me down a. <coughs> Hermione Draco Malfoy fan fiction rabbit hole. Um, they call him what? Dramoyne. Ooh. Um, which I've talked about on the podcast before with Manigold. I was yeah. not in the right headspace for that because that's pretty dark and upsetting. So what I read is various storms and saints. And that is a good one. It's also a little dark. 
because you're talking about characters who did live through a war and there's a lot of like PTSD with that yeah. and a lot of rage and anger and grief. And so although it is a great love story with very good sex scenes, Ooh. spicy, spicy sex I love scenes, that. it is still a little on the dark side. And then I just started reading Draco Malfoy and the mortifying ordeal of being in love, which is like the rom-com version of like a fanfic. So it is in a good way or a bad way. In a good way. Love it. So I haven't gotten to the point where they. Because I could see how that could be really bad. But if it's done well, I can see. So far. So it's a breath of fresh air. All of these fanfictions I'm reading, all the young dudes doesn't count because it's a prequel. Right. So it doesn't change Harry Potter canon is what they call like like, like what happened in yeah. Harry Potter so it's like a prequel so that doesn't matter although it is heartbreaking in and of itself but like Manacled and the other one I just mentioned is like I don't know one of them Harry Potter lost the war the other one they still won but everyone came out fucked up and everyone is just so dark and like sad so this one is Harry Potter did win. The canon stays intact and they all made it out seemingly okay. And they're like functioning adults who have like adult relationships and like fun banter. And you're like, okay, this is like much easier to digest. So as a hardcore fan, Mm -hmm. which version do you feel rings most true? What, What do you feel is the most accurate of the Dramoini over all the fanfics I've read so far. Of the fanfics so far. All the young dudes. Yeah. Because that one starts with the Marauders, which is Harry's parents and their mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. It starts with their first day at Hogwarts. Goes all the way through book number five of Harry Potter. And you feel that it sticks. Because it didn't change any Harry Potter yeah. canon. It just adds to the world. Yeah. And it makes what happens in Harry Potter that much more heartbreaking because you have deeper connections with these characters wow. who you did not know before. What's your favorite? That one. Oh, okay. The one that I tattooed on my forearm, well, Bailey. I mean, that's... <laughs> so the one I that's still... permanently on my arm yeah, is yeah. my favorite. Okay. Yeah. Well, great. The other ones are too dark. They're okay. great books to read. But I that's a lot because I could have one that's my favorite. That's too dark that I'm not willing to represent to the rest of the world. But right. Ha- but have one that does represent my. So, so far, that would be love manacled. Of, of fan fiction. That would be manacled. But manacled is like a weird experiment in fandom because as a hardcore Harry Potter fan who has multiple Harry Potter tattoos and is a huge part of my life as millennial and lame as that sounds. It doesn't matter. To have a book where Harry and them not only lose the war, but lose it horrifically. Yeah. And your favorite characters all get tortured to death. Rough. And then the only one left is Hermione. And the aftermath of that, it's like weird because it's really hard to read, but it's also really good. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. So, you know, Manacled is really good. I mean, I feel like that's to be said of books like what is it lord of the rings and stuff right like i guess so but lord of the rings is lord of the rings this is taking something that normally ended well mm-hmm. for your characters and then twisting it yeah to where it ends badly yeah so whatever but those are my quick little reviews my germoini fan fictions i always love a germoini update <laughs> a germoini fan fiction that sounds like chamoy it does um 
then I think that's all I have on my end. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So do you want my reviews and then I'll do some past pod news? Sure. Okay. I watched the TV show. Well, actually, no. Since we're talking about books, I watched the fucking the new, the prequel, the snow. Oh. The whatever. The Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, The song of Snake Bird and... It's, that is not the you need the ballad of songs if, and if you don't have like you okay prior to us recording if you don't have fucking three hours to just uh-huh. set aside I, I actually haven't watched it yet and i'm the hunger games fan yeah it's a big investment of ballad time of songbirds and snakes yeah sure there we got it sure 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 is it good the first hour and a half that i could suffer through like I didn't mind it I guess it was just when we saw the preview in theaters we both looked at each other like is that the book that we read yeah because I don't remember much from the book to be totally honest with you yeah so Nick and I got through half of it and we thought it was over and we were like because that's still an hour and a half of a movie and we were like oh okay like we we felt good and then and then it started again and we were like oh oh it's it's still going (laughs) (laughs) that happened with us with me and ben who we haven't mentioned in the podcast in a while with the movie cruella starring i never did it it's it's great but so what happened was me and ben were wildly hung over on a sunday yeah and we put Cruella on for the kids and the kids tapped out and I don't you even know, stuck an it hour through. into mm-hmm. it. And we kept watching it like an hour and a half goes by. We're like, OK, like we're going to wrap this up soon. And we like looked at the time. We're like, how fucking long is this movie? It's like two and a half hours long. I think that's why we stopped watching it is we knew it wasn't a violent movie. And we're like, well, why are we going to invest our time yeah. into this if it's not going to spark her interest yeah. at all? Mm-hmm. So. I did, again, I enjoyed the first hour and a half and I felt complete once the game was over and then it kept going and I was like, oh, okay. So you tell me. (laughs) I'll watch it. What did you watch it on? Nick TV. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure it'll be on like Max or something soon, right? I'm sure. Uh, On Netflix, you can watch School Spirit. Which I feel like I already talked about because I swear to God, it was a movie that I watched as part of like the Hulu series or whatever Mm -hmm. with the people in high school and the mascot being the pirate. Okay. And you were like, oh, the pirate seems really fucking unnecessary. You're like, that's stupid as fuck. Anyways, this is really cool. Okay. I I like the way that this show, it's eight episodes, Mm -hmm. a decent amount of time. And I was afraid that they were going to fuck it up at the end. At the end, I'm like, you guys are going way too hard. Mm. You're going to screw everything up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh. They came through. I'm like, that's interesting. Okay. I I wasn't sure that that's where we were going. All right. So eight episodes, you're invested. The whole idea is there's this high school and throughout decades – over time, kids die on a high school campus and their spirits are tied to that campus. But for whatever reason, the one that died most recently, she can communicate to one person who's still alive and okay. they're trying to figure out how she died. 
Okay. And that's that. That's the show. All right. Mm-hmm. That's and the, good. So the ghosts are like, well, why the fucking you talk to someone? Mm-hmm. And the person that's alive is like, are you real? Like, it's fucking yeah. for everyone. Everyone's just like, what's happening? Uh-huh. So the whole show is very much just like, we don't know what's happening. Every episode, you're just like, what's going on? And it's fun. Okay. It's and that's on Netflix. On Netflix. All right. Okay. So that's a fun one. And then to kind of allude to tonight's episode, <gasps> I watched The Family Plan. With Marky Mark. I did. Uh-huh. Nice. It's fun. And um, Will Ferrell. No. Who's no. The, okay, I'm sorry. What's the, plan? What's the family plan? No, the family plan is he's been married for a long time, mm-hmm. has a family with like a teenager, a tween, and a babe. Okay. And they don't know that he has a past. Oh. It's like a witness protection thing that he okay. never came clean with. It's very like true lies. And he gets exposed because of all the technology okay. and the social media and everything. He's like, you didn't post that. And it's like, and well, then yeah. And like an action movie? It, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking of the one where Will Ferrell is the stepdad and then Mark Wahlberg is the biological dad. He yeah. gets out of like prison or something. Really fun. Yeah. I love those. There's two of those and they're great. Yeah, I love that's them. That's the one I was thinking mm-hmm. of. Anyways, was it good? I loved it. Okay. it it's exactly what you're going to expect. It's yeah. a funny family. Easy to digest. Yes. It's so fun. Don't make me think too hard. No. <laughs> it's so fun. Okay. And then I have been watch. I was actually a little upset because I binge watched it. And then I realized you ever watch a few episodes of something and then you realize it's actually a weekly release. And oh. you're like, God damn it. Yeah. I have to wait till Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But I've been watching um, Percy Jackson on Disney Plus. Okay. Which I we are too old for Percy Jackson. But my 11 year old, my middle child read it as part of his English class. The first Percy Jackson book. And he was into it enough that he asked me to buy him the sequels for him to read on his own time. Mm-hmm. So that made me read it. And it's fine. It's a it's a tween book. It's a okay. children's book. It's not anything that's going to do anything spectacular for you. But it was an easy read. And now um, Disney has came out with a whole series about it. And, and what's the it's review? Good. It's fine. It's great. That's your re- I want the... I don't know if he's watched it yet. Oh, I told him I'd watch it with him. And then mm. I just kind of watched it on my own because they're quick episodes. They're like 35 minutes or something, 40 minutes. But it stays fairly true to the book. They go off a little bit. But for the most part, it's true to the book. And what I like is because I guess there is a movie that they made in the early 2000s. And I never saw that movie. But I've heard that the people they got to play the characters <laughs> are older than the book characters and in this movie because uh as i'm sure you guys all know percy jackson's 11 or 12 and so they got very young actors to play the characters and which I think, is rare and it's, i think it makes a difference it really does because they're supposed to be middle schoolers it really does. and they had people probably who are what 20 playing teenagers that was still it's too old crazy for the yeah yeah so they got young kids to do it, and I think I appreciate it. They, I, they're doing I, great. Awesome. I love to hear that. Yeah. Very cool. 
So that's what I've been watching. That and Married at First Sight. But that's only... I'm honestly at the point where I watch Married at First Sight when I'm cooking dinner. I tried to watch Married at First Sight with Bobby. So that night after we played Scream Mm -hmm. and that failed, we watched The Naked Show. The Naked Show, which we we love. Love Love the British Naked Show. (laughs) In case you guys haven't checked that out. (laughs) Where do you find it at? HBO. HBO, maybe. Max. Yeah, what's it called? Who knows? The Naked Show. It's a dating show where you only see people's naked bodies and you see them sections at a time. And then the person what's decides. What's it called? Like sexual appeal, sexual attraction? I have no something idea. Something like that. Whatever. But the person chooses You'll find who it. they want to date based on their naked it's bodies. It's incredible. It's really fun. It's the best. Do you guys want zoomed up, up close shots of British genitalia? Oh, well, that's it. It's it's. Penises unlike anything I've ever seen in my life. That's the thing. It's wild. That one guy had hair on the tip of his penis. (laughs) We are not judging. All we're saying is is that we are educating ourselves in the fact that there are all these different bodies. And they're so brave. That we're not aware of. Yeah. I would never. So anyways, we were watching that. And then you left. And I'm like stuck with Bobby. And I'm like, well, I'm still <laughs> drunk and high. We yeah. got to do something. And so I tried to make him watch. Um, Married at First Sight. Yes. And he hated it. He hated every you know second what? of it. Bobby. I always but he wasn't a fun. To be fair, he wasn't like judgmental about it. He was just like, I don't get it. But then I fast forwarded mm-hmm. because to be fair. There is. There's a lot of bullshit. The first few episodes are hard. You got to get through that to get to the and good I shit. And I tried to explain that. So that was it. I fast forwarded through so many of like the bullshits, whatever. And immediately I was like, oh, she looks annoying. Yeah. And I stopped on her and he was like, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was like, yeah, totally. Well, and it's he, hard too because he was so fucked up and you were trying to make him focus on Mary to first sight. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course course the naked show is way better because you can just focus uh, on like what looks so good, that's what to go from scream to the naked show to married at first yeah. sight it was a lot it was, was a, a lot a for bobby's kill. first girls night i know <laughs> for us we we're like yeah it sounds like a perfect night <laughs> but he really had to take it all in and it took a lot out of him my favorite thing in the world is the fact that almost nobody can keep up with our girls nights and that really makes me proud of us mm-hmm. i love us yeah I agree. It's so funny. We're the best. We are the best. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Married at First Sight is like a long haul thing. That's like you start it in the afternoon. You start it with some white claws. Yeah. And you just progressively get into it. And then by the time they get into the juicy stuff, you're a little drunk and you're like, Whoa, Whoa that happened. Yeah, you Shit. can't go into it that drunk. That night, the next morning. Oh, wow. I was more hungover than I've been in a really long time. It was a great. It was it, a great night. I, kind of. I was shaking on the couch uncontrollably. But other than that, it was fantastic. That's how I felt most of January. So. <laughs> I was like, I'm too fucking hungover to do anything. Yeah. Well, I just did it. I slept and I didn't move from the couch. I'm like, Could you imagine you had asked your husband to pick you up like when he went to work or whatever? And yeah. he went to work at like two o'clock in the morning <laughs> I'm exaggerating i think it was no, like four but still like four thirty-five. yeah and so he had went home and like made coffee and in was like fairness, letting you sleep you're silly i had asked him to pick me up on his way home okay 
which is like eight o'clock in the yeah. morning. But yeah, when I woke up, I was like, ooh, ooh, we're in a we're in a bad state. We're in the bad place. Yeah. We're in the bad place. We, I came home. I still oh, I made him stop and get me McDonald's. That's oh. how hungover I was. I'm I'm like, if you don't stop and get me McDonald's, I'm gonna vomit in the car. What'd you get? I got um just a sausage egg on a biscuit and a hash brown and um, a Diet Coke with extra ice. Incredible. And then he got an extra hash brown that we split. Well, the hash brown yeah. alone. Forget but it. But I, I, from, I mean, how far of a drive is that? Five minutes from your place? By the time we hit the McDonald's. I'm you like, were done. If you don't stop, <laughs> I'm going to vomit. So I need food in my stomach right now. <laughs> Please, oh, because so I didn't eat dinner that night. We were a mess. I was drinking on an empty stomach. We were a mess. It was wild. It was great. What a great night. But yes, I was violently hungover all day the next day. I love that for us. Can't wait to do that tomorrow. That'll be fun. We'll just recap, redo it again. My parents will be here. It's fine. Yeah, it'll be fine. All right. Let's pause, and then I swear to God, we're we have a show. real episode. For it's been an hour. I still have past pod news. <laughs> okay, we got our refills. Eat another mushroom. You know, we're rolling. So let's get through this pod news so we can, for the love of God, start the actual episode. All right. In past pod news. Mm-hmm. A California woman discovers the last unidentified victim of the happy face killer. Whoa. It's her sister, according to DNA. And it's someone like she didn't even know she was related to. Weird. Mm hmm. So Summer Gonzalez said that she found out that she had this half sister who was killed 30 years ago. Okay. Via DNA that was just released. All right. So. Well, I'm glad that they got to put her to rest. Have we done that one yet? Yeah. Have With we? David Arquette. Okay. Because there's also the smiley face killer. Correct. So I get confused on which one's which. Correct. So this is the happy face killer. He's a trucker. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember. And then just in case... Listeners weren't angry enough about our last episode. <laughs> I got no negative feedback so far. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Um, I heard that. I love the way that I'm. I'm actually reading the title that was on Daily Mail. Okay. Wife killer Scott <laughs> Peterson. Yeah. Case is taken up by L.A. Innocence Project after he claimed he received an unfair trial based on jury misconduct. Yes. So I guess there is a juror. Rochelle Nice or nice. You know, what's crazy is she is a big deal. And I completely forgot to mention. I love it. I love it so much. I love it. Every article I read mentioned her and I still forgot to fucking put her in the episode. She wrote like 17 letters mm. and she, she was, was a mess. Yeah. And she was a mess. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah. 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 And for whatever reason, I think it's so funny that it was in the news. Why is that in the news? 
now of all the times because he's such a high profile no it's because we had an episode that's true that is absolutely so when i was talking to my mom earlier and she was telling me how she had listened to the first half of the Lacey peterson episode which was our last episode she's all i looked at her friend her friend whatever she's like i looked at her and i was all leave it to my daughter she's about to prove uh she's about to prove like probable cause or whatever i'm like mom everything i said on that was something i ripped directly Mm -hmm. from way smarter people with way better podcasts and way better research but to be fair like bobby went into it and he was like I knew nothing about it going into it, really, other than the fact that I knew that this guy was guilty of killing his yeah. wife. And then I heard what you guys said, and he's like, I did leave myself with questions. Yeah. He's but it was like, just so funny because my mom's like, My daughter's about to crack this case wide open. And I'm like, No, mom, I'm just regurgitating shit that I've heard. <laughs> so I love that. Yeah. Fun. Okay. Is that it? Uh, that is it. Oh, okay. That is it. We oh, right. Finally get into Let's the episode. Let's do it. So, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but whenever it's Bailey's birthday episode, we try to keep it funner <laughs> on the fun side. I mean, people are still dying. So, like, we do a podcast about people being murdered, so it's never that much fun, but this is a funner case, I feel like. I agree. And while you're listening to this case and our movie review... If you'd like to play along to our THC drinking game at home, take a drink of whatever you're drinking or a hit of whatever you're smoking anytime we mention a badass big sister, a past THC episode, if we mention our all-time favorite show, Monk, if we spill something, if we cheers, or if we finish each other's sentences, Bonus drink for you guys when you hear us name the episode because we won't know that until we name it. Bonus drink for you guys if we get their signatures tattooed on us. Oh my God. (laughs) Then you have to do a beer bong or a shotgun. Because I might be obsessed. (sighs) Yeah. All right. So this week we are doing the case of the Sun Jim Gang, which... It's so stupid. (laughs) Is is, they made a movie? Michael Bay of all people, yeah, made a movie about it called Pain and Gain, starring The Rock, starring Mark Wahlberg, starring um, a million people. There are so many, so many people. That's your half of the podcast. But um, I have seen this movie once. Um, I don't know where. Maybe on it was when it first came out. I had so like, never seen it. Yeah, it was on like HBO or something. Lou and I watched it. Yeah, I and I was never. like, this is the most ridiculous movie I've ever watched in my life. And did you believe at the time that it was a real movie? Like that it was based uh, on a real... I mean, they say it's a true story, so yeah, I but took did their you... word for it. Oh, you did. Okay. But I was like, I, I thought that maybe they were exaggerating. Got it. Okay. I don't remember much from the movie other than the fact that I thought it was absolutely fucking ridiculous. It is. Which makes it the perfect case for your birthday. Plus, I know, I know. It, I, we're going to freak the fuck out. It, there's a very it's, big deal coming it, in the second half of this episode. But first, it's my part it's of the episode. Too, yeah, it's too much. And that's why I chose it for your birthday. Yeah. But first, I'm already having palpitations. And I will tell you as a hint, that's why this shitty case full of idiotic bodybuilders made it to 
the monk notebook. Oh, it is in the monk notebook for a reason. They didn't do anything notable. But and the reason is not because of the true crime. Case, right. But because of the movie that follows. So let me power through this case because I can barely read <laughs> at this point and there's not much to it really. <laughs> I got everything from an article on All Things Interesting. I just read the article and I copied what they had to say. So thank you, ATI. You're welcome. In the early to mid-90s in Miami, Daniel Luggo is the manager of the Sun Gym, which is basically they're known for being like a bodybuilder's gym Mm -hmm. full of meatheads, right? Yep. And Daniel starts to attract a group of like members and employees, many of whom are also bodybuilders like he is. And they call themselves the Sun Gym Gang. And Danny is their leader. Yes. They start off doing just kind of small time crimes. But Danny wants more. He wants more money. He wants bigger scores. So he decides that he wants to kidnap and extort a person for money. And he chooses Mark Schiller, who is a millionaire and business partner to a gym regular, George Delgado. Now, there is a rumor I read in a different article that... Mark had stolen money from George, a few hundred thousand dollars. And so they saw this as like he had it coming. But no other article I read mentioned that. So I don't know if that's true. Sure. That's the rumor. Now, as a bonus, George knows the layout of Mark's house and he knows all of his security codes. And so Danny brings in Noel... Dorbal and Stevenson Pierre to uh, work with him to abduct Mark. And despite George's insider knowledge, these three meatheads are fucking idiots. <laughs> and they have a total of seven failed attempts to kidnap Mark. Incredible. Including a great plan, which has them hiding on his front lawn under blankets. <laughs> To jump up and grab him when he's getting his morning newspaper. And then cars drive by with their headlights, just cars in the neighborhood, and it scares them off and they run away. (laughs) So seven failed attempts. But on November 14th, 1994, the eighth attempt finally works. Eighth eighth attempt (laughs) is the charm. The gang. This is not funny. It's hilarious. Oh, my God. The gang abducts Mark while he's waiting at his own restaurant to meet with like a business partner. He's going to have a business meeting. The three guys jump out. They abduct him in a parking lot. They're dressed in all black camo with like black camo face paint. They tase Mark and throw him in a van and take him to George's warehouse. They keep him there for weeks instead of the original plan of just two days. And while he's there, they beat and torture him pretty badly. They also threaten his family, saying that they will kidnap his wife and kids. They will chain his kids up next to him and they will rape his wife in front of them. Dang. Unless he signs over all of his assets. Ugh. 
So altogether, Mark signs over $1.2 million in assets and cash, which in today's money is basically just double that. So it's like $2.5 million. Mm-hmm. And Danny decides that that's not enough money. So they plan to kill him after he has already signed over his $2 million life insurance policy to George's ex-wife. Okay. And they plan on staging his death as a drunk driving accident. Mm -hmm. So they spend two days forcing him to drink booze. Mm -hmm. And they strap him into the driver's seat of his own car. Danny gets in shotgun and he Danny slams on the gas pedal and then he rolls out of the car and the car slams headfirst into a concrete utility pole. Mm -hmm. Danny goes to check the car and Mark is still alive. Oh, my God. So Danny decides to douse the car and Mark in gasoline and set it on fire. Mark escapes this. Oh, my God. Crawling away from the wreckage. And so Danny and his gang then decide to run Mark over with their car (laughs) multiple times. Not funny. And Mark still survives. It doesn't work. It's incredible. Mark runs away from that and finds himself a hospital. Oh, my God. Insanity. It's crazy. Can't even kill somebody. No. He does survive. But when he tries to make a report to the police, they don't believe him. No. It's it's some guy trying to get out of like a DUI. How do you believe that? It's so fucking out of this world to survive. Not only being kidnapped. Tortured. Yeah. A car wreck. Ran over. Set on fire. You're obviously full of shit. Yeah, and I think he's just trying to get out of You're the DUI case. You're listing everything on the list. So Mark takes it upon himself to hire private investigator Ed Dubois to track the gang. And once Mark is released from the hospital, he meets up with his wife and kids who he had already sent to Columbia, where mm-hmm. his wife's from. And they hide out in Columbia and let Ed do whatever it is he's going to do. Meanwhile, the gang moves into Mark's now empty house and they are partying it up, living lavish. But soon the money runs out and they need a new cash cow. Yep. Danny chooses Frank Gringa, who is a millionaire that runs a phone sex line. Mm. On May 25th, 1995, 33-year-old Frank and 23-year-old ex um, exotic dancer girlfriend Christina mysteriously disappear. The first person to notice this is Frank's longtime housekeeper who shows up to do her normal cleaning job and there's no sign that the couple's home but their dog is there and that's a big red flag because the couple doesn't go anywhere without their dog. Ooh. Now, the gang had had the same plan for Frank and his girlfriend as they had had with Mark, which they were going to kidnap him and take Mm -hmm. them to the warehouse, to George's warehouse. However, Frank fights back. And this ends in Noel 
going into a roid rage and accidentally snapping Frank's neck oh, in like shit. a tussle. Oh. So now they just have Christina left. Danny injects Christina with horse tranquilizer to try to like keep her calm. And then they plan to interrogate her about Frank's assets and like access to his yeah. financial whatever. But Danny used too much horse tranquilizer and they accidentally kill her. Oh, this fucking moron used enough horse tranquilizer to kill four 1000 pound horses. 1000 pound. So now they have two dead bodies and no money. They stuff Frank's body into a couch. They stuff Christina's body into a court cardboard box and they move them both to George's warehouse. They want to cut up the bodies, so they go off and they buy a chainsaw, but they buy one that's too weak. It's like a small little tiny Mm -hmm. chainsaw. And it doesn't work, so they return that one. They buy a new one, a stronger one, but it gets caught in Christina's hair and it jams up. Oh, shit. So now they're out two chainsaws. Yep. They got to hack the bodies up the good old-fashioned way with axes. Uh Uh-huh. But they also want to make them unidentifiable, so they peel the skin off their faces and barbecue their hands to melt their fingertips off. They then stuff the bodies into big metal drums or big metal barrels filled with acid and tar. This reminds me of episode 18. Oh, shit. One Too Many Barrels and episode 36, Monster of Milwaukee. Wow. Yeah, he did the same shit. Yeah, so there you go. Two episodes. Boom. We got a drink. Cheers. Cheers. We didn't even mention our rules. God damn it. Oh, we did? We did? Yep. Okay. You just weren't listening. Good job. (laughs) They then dump the barrels into a Florida marsh, and now we go back to the housekeeper has noticed that they're missing. She calls the police, and nothing really happens until... May 31st, when a friend of Frank's sees Frank's yellow Lamborghini being driven by some random dude, followed by two other cars, and he notifies the police. Yep. The police then get a hold of private investigator Ed, and they decide to all work together. They put all the pieces together, and a warrant goes out for the gang's arrest, plus the owner of Sun Jim who is John Meese, who I don't think had a hand in like the direct killing or disposing of bodies, but he is a notary. So all of Uh these assets and contracts and stuff that these people are being forced to sign over, John's the one notarizing it and making it legal. For sure. Danny has already ran to the Bahamas, but he is picked up in the Bahamas and sent back to the U.S. to face the detectives. Yes. Danny, you guys will be shocked to know, fucking squeals on everybody. Oh, wow. He's ready to talk. He makes a deal with the police that if he takes them to the bodies, that he will receive a lighter sentence. He takes the police to the Florida marsh where they find the barrels. The bodies are there, but they have no hands, feet, or heads. And Danny refuses to tell them where the other body parts are. Eventually, the police get an, a, an air quote anonymous call from somebody 
that lets them know that the other parts had been sealed in buckets of acid and thrown off the side of an interstate. The coroner IDs Christina's body by the serial numbers on her breast implants. Uh Uh-huh. Which is pretty impressive. The trials for Danny, Noel, and John happen at the same time with two different juries. They start on February 24th, 1998. It is the longest and most expensive trial in the history of Dade County, Florida. Yep. Which is where Miami is. So that's I mean, kind of a big deal. Florida people. Right. More than 1,200 pieces of physical evidence were brought up and 98 witnesses were brought up to the stand. Danny is indicted with 46 counts. Noel is indicted with 16 counts. And these are all ranging from conspiracy to commit racketeering to kidnapping to auto theft to armed robbery to arson to, of course, murder. Insane. Danny pleads guilty to all of them. And he remains on death row to this day. He is sentenced to death. He is on death row. Noel is also sentenced to death, but... For whatever reason, wherever he is sentenced, they like um, turned over like death sentences in general. Okay, And so his death sentence is revoked and now he's life in prison. Okay, John is also found guilty and he is sentenced to 56 years in prison. George testifies against the others and is sentenced to 20 years serves seven years and is then released. The movie Pain and Gain is actually based on a 1999 articles in the Miami News Times as a series of articles they did on this wild case. But after the movie was released, Mark goes on to write a book about his true story of Pain and Gain and what he went through. Okay. So there you go. That's the whole shebang. Dang. How'd you like it? I love it. Yeah. It's pretty wild. It is. What fucking idiots? I mean, Florida. (laughs) I mean, roids. You know? True that. I cannot wait for your movie review. I'm more excited about this. Way more excited for this than I was for the case itself. All right. Let's hope I can keep my shit together. You got this. We got this. Real quick, before we even get started, because there's just so many fucking people in the movie. That's why it got for your birthday. And there's a lot that I can't relate to, like, past pods Mm -hmm. that still need, like, their own little shout out, right? Okay. So, there's Ed Harris. Love him. Right. Love Ed Harris. Dude, The Rock and Stepmom, two of my favorite movies of all time with Ed Harris. Rob, I think it's Cordry? Cordroy? I don't know who that is. You would. But he's in fucking everything. Do you have a picture? Oh, yeah. He's in everything. He's great. Yes. He's great. Ken, what is it? Jung? He's great. Uh, right? The Hangover. Mm-hmm. So again, there's so also, I think you mean Dr. Ken Jones. He's a doctor. Yes. He's he, a doctor. He is. So put some respect on his name. My, my apologies. 
<laughs> but yes. So unless they're like a main character mm-hmm. or even like Anthony, what's his name? Ma- Mackie. Yeah. So when this movie came out, he was not a big deal. But now. Now he's a big deal because he's a Marvel guy. Yeah, exactly. So now he's made it big. But he's he's great. And I think he was also in 8 Mile. Okay. I think he was. Click on his name, B. Tell mm-hmm. me if I'm right. I will. I think he's like the other rapper that Eminem keeps going up against in 8 I think, Mile. I think you're right. Let's see. IMDb. My favorite website. Mm-hmm. And yes, Anthony Mackie plays Boom. Papa Doc. There you go. And that's it. Okay. Sorry. There's I was so excited. So many people. Yes. But if they're not like past pod related, there's right. only so much I can but do. But we want to give them shout outs because they're great actors. They really are. It's June 17th, mm-hmm. 1995, in Miami, Florida, when we first see our problematic little hottie McCotty pants. Okay. Mark Wahlberg. He's Danny Lugo as he's working on his core <laughs> on the side of a fucking building. Yeah. Just like. I can't even explain it to you. It's so ridiculous. It's like he's off the side of a building Mm -hmm. just crunching it up. Yeah. Insane. As we see a swad of police cars pull up down below. He takes off running before we go back in time six months earlier where he's dressed in jorts. (laughs) You and your jorts. I know. (laughs) And a button up collared shirt with a tie. During his interview at Sun Gym, where we first learned that Danny is already an ex-con. He had swindled elderly people out of their money for, like, bad investments. And I will say the original Sun Gym gang, they did make note that it was a lot of, like, ex-cons or, like, people who had gotten out of prison. But I didn't find much about that, so I didn't mention it. But sure. yes. Okay. It's, it feels like some ex-criminals. He promises the owner, John Messi, he'll, tri- he'll triple the number of memberships or he'll quit. So doing whatever he can to succeed, he introduces free body waxing. Oh. And free memberships to exotic dancers. Dude, yeah. To entice more signups. I would sign up. He does. He goes on to become the top personal trainer at the gym. Okay. When he onboards client Victor Kershaw. Okay. For whatever reason, this is the only name they seem to change. Yeah. And I have heard that they took a few people from the original story and made them into like like a person in the movie. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure. Okay. This this to me is stand out for sure. Like the name that they, what for whatever reason, they were like, we're going to change it completely. Victor Kershaw. Yeah. Who's, of course, Tony motherfucking Shalhoub. Oh, my God. How did it happen? <laughs> How, we're, we're a year past yeah. in the pod. Yeah. And it's it's finally. A year? What do you mean? Has he ever been on the pod before? No, that's that's like we're, we're three years, years past years. That's years, like one year. No, we're three years, years in years past. And yeah. it's like we've never we've I know never had actual Tony Shalhoub. We've had every other character every, on. Uh, <laughs> we tried in, desperately including extras. 
Yeah. When we're desperate. The newswoman always oh pops God. up for whatever reason. Yes, this is why it's it happening. Became, it's th- happening. So I always knew that pain and gain was a true story. But when I was doing my quick little boopity boop boop research and I saw Tony Shalhoub, I'm like, well, that's well, Bailey's that's birthday obvious. episode. That's obvious. Which Insane. is why you had to have your birthday present. And that's why he had to be in the fucking monk notebook. And the this stars is it. had to be aligned. This ev- is it. <laughs> this is it. It's Tony happening. Shalhoub's episode. It's happening. Cheers. Um, cheers. Here's, cheers to Tony. Here's to Tony. Here's to Tony. It's so amazing. I don't know if I can make it through the rest of the episode. I'm so verklempt. I know. And listen, this might not happen again unless we figure out how to make an episode about 13 ghosts. Which I'm dying. I, I There's nothing. Yeah. We're, we'll, fig- we'll figure it out. I might have to kill people to make it happen. <laughs> <sighs> Victor describes himself as a self-made man who's made the most profit and he's most proud of his deli. He's pompous and self-obsessed and he's an asshole always calling Danny by an incorrect name like Dennis Loogie. I will say that that's my favorite trope in a movie. When people always get other people's names wrong on purpose, always. it always makes me laugh. Yeah. And so he's playing Mark Schiller and Mark would like you to know that the character they based on him in the movie is the exact opposite of him. And I th- that's obviously why they gave him a complete different yeah. name. Like they they took him and they just Mark would like you to know that he's very down to earth and hard working and that he is not the Tony Shalhoub character. Yeah. So at work Danny is pushing his clients always like harder, maximize your results. But he also wants to do the same thing for himself. Mm -hmm. So one day he sees a commercial for seminar hosted by motivational speaker Johnny Wu. And he gets personal private training where he is inspired to become a doer with a three finger plan. Wow. Is it two in the pink one? (laughs) Is that the three finger plans like this? <laughs> I wish that would be so. That, that would have been. That I would, really wish they would have done that. That'd that been re- that would have been to their best interest. As we <laughs> all know, this didn't work out the best. So he's a doer with a three finger plan, and they want to extort Kershaw with the help of his friends and coworkers, Adrian Dorbell. A fitness freak who's obsessed with making gains. He's been on steroids for so long, (laughs) his dick does not work. Wow, exciting. And he's so poor, he can't afford real steroids. So he buys breast milk (gasps) off the internet. What? Thinking that it's nature's steroids. I don't think that's true. No. He wants in on the plan because one day at the hospital, he learns after being treated by erectile dysfunctional nurse Rebel Wilson. Oh, shit. Rebel Wilson's in mm-hmm, here? That uh, dick doctor Peter Stormware, who has been in one of, m- actually, many of my all-time favorite movies. Oh. Let's just name him as... 
the person in Jurassic Park 2. Mm-hmm. And the Big Lebowski. Okay. But most importantly, as Petra Lovac in season six. Here we go. Episode Here 14. Mr. Monk yes, paints yes, his masterpiece. Yes, yes. Two monks for <laughs> your birthday. <gasps> Happy monk birthday. Woo! Happy monk day. What a day. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> It's a lot. You Woo! know what's crazy? <clears throat> is Monk has always been entertaining, but it's this podcast that like... It solidifies it. <laughs> it's so crazy. It, it's so much ingrained. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, my God. Okay. So Adrian learns that Dick shoots... Or Dick shoots. Dick, <laughs> Dick shots yeah. are expensive. Okay. And so he's obviously in. Mm-hmm. He's like, whatever I got to do to get more money so I can get my dick functioning. That's has he just thought about not taking so many steroids? No, that's insane. Why? Why <laughs> would you not want to make gains? I know because you want to be your, somebody and be your maximum self. What a wild thing. There's newly sober ex-con turned born again Christian. Oh, boy. Dwayne the Rock Johnson, yes, who is serving as Paul Doyle. And he turned his life around in prison after finding God with the help of once released Pastor Randy, who later decides to come on to Paul. And that causes him to do a full, like, whatever, turn around. He loses faith in everything. And that's why he decides to join the team. Okay. Right. He's like, well... God did me wrong, so I might as well get some money. All right. Okay, Dwayne. Where do you take a newly sober, religious, born-again man to hang out after a good gain? The strip club. Fuck yeah. Where we meet Serena, a former beauty queen, and she's chasing the American dream of making it big as a Hollywood actress. And Danny's going to be her quote-unquote ride to success. It's now November 15th, 1994, when these fucking assholes dress up like ninjas to kidnap Victor using tasers in broad daylight right outside of his own fucking deli. So the all... Obviously, all of that is true. The dress like ninjas, though, that is from one of their failed attempts. Mm. One of their failed attempts is that they were going to because it was around like Halloween time. There were other mentioned failed attempts that I didn't want to bring. So like one they showed up, it was like uh, a Jewish dinner. (laughs) Like like they they could see inside the house. It was like a whole dinner party. And they're like, oh, fuck, we got to bounce. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, one of the failed attempts, they were trying to dress like ninjas because that was their Halloween costume that year was ninjas. Incredible. They take him to a sex shop. So a sex shop warehouse. I didn't realize it was owned by him. I didn't okay. know that it was his warehouse. Yeah. Was it a sex shop warehouse? They didn't say. Okay. They just said George's warehouse. Yeah, no, a lot of fucking sex toys. Okay. I mean, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Where they duct tape his eyes closed and then cuff him to a chair. And even though Danny uses an accent, when he speaks to Victor, 
He Victor already knows who's behind the crime because of the smell of Danny's vanilla cologne. Vanilla cologne. Vanilla cologne. Right, he had fucking talked shit about it in a workout one day. Okay. Like, yeah, like I can smell your fucking cheap vanilla cologne. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I would not be able to function because my mom wears vanilla perfume, yeah. so a vanilla cologne is gonna be weird. So in an attempt to stay alive, Victor goes along with their demands. He makes calls that provides explanations for his whereabouts and why he needs the transfer of money. The boys take shifts in watching him at the warehouse so they can continue to go about their work and act as normal. Victor tries to pursue Doyle for help, revealing that he's in AA. Mm trying to kind of connect to like his religious side Mm -hmm. and gain Doyle's trust. And Doyle even makes him almost like convert because Victor's Jewish. Uh Uh-huh. And but he wants Victor to accept Jesus Christ as his savior. That's a real thing. Yeah. Uh, Incredible. It's a real thing. Yeah, I'm drinking to that. Oh, Jesus. I don't know. No, no, no. Oh. I don't know if it's a real thing in the movie. Oh, okay. I'm like, no. I just mean it's a real thing that Christians try yes. to convert Jews. <gasps> yeah. No, I just don't know that's a real like, thing. He really made that trouble. As somebody who has yeah. parents who are like okay. born again Christians, yes, they okay. want Jews to come over to their side. So when Doyle starts taking on extra ships with Victor. Um, Danny obviously becomes suspicious and he enlists the help of Serena telling her that she's going to be like a part of the CIA. (laughs) Yes. Now this is true. Yeah. Yes. This is real. That she's going to be an operative for the team and keep tabs on everything. So after three weeks of torture, they finally get Victor's signature on the money transfer that needs to be approved by the presence of a notary in which they convince gym owner Messi to notarize the document illegally by telling him that they'll sponsor his weightlifting event. Okay. Finally, we have Victor's money, but we don't know what to do with him. So obviously we have to, you know, unalive him. Of course. Mm-hmm. What other option do you have? It's December 14th. It's 30 days after his capture when Victor knows that his time is coming to an end when he makes one last attempt to convince Doyle to save him, telling him if he dies, Jesus will tell him that Doyle's at fault. Oh, my God. And it backfires, making him angry and accepting the plan to stage his death via drunk car crash. Yes. Which we know that he survives. And then Danny takes over and even for whatever reference makes a nod to episode 61, the Iceman. Oh. When he soaks the car in gas and lights it on fire. And then Victor somehow survives the explosion and gets out. When Danny forces Doyle to run over him, telling him you can let him suffer or you can put him out of his misery. Oh, my God. The scene was so fucking crazy. Chaotic. When they slowly rolled over <laughs> and zoomed in on Shalhoub's <laughs> face. And the motherfucker survived. Yeah, he does. Tony Shalhoub forever. 
Motherfucking Shaloub. Tony Shaloub. Do not get it twisted. For, uh, the fact that we didn't break our glasses right now. Right. Tony Shaloub forever. 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 Forever and ever. Of course he's going to survive. Who are you fucking with right now? That's Adrian Monk. Please. Be the asshole in a movie. I don't fucking care. Tony Shaloub forever. Too bad for Vic when the hospital police come to question him and they don't believe a word he's saying. No one reported him missing and everyone thinks that he relapsed on alcohol and crashed his own car and tried to stage it to cover his own ass. Mm -hmm. So with no health, no health, no No health, no help from Miami PD, he finds retired detective Dubois. Dubois. Mr. Dubois does not take the job. He instead advises Vic to leave the hospital before the gym gang finds out he's still alive and comes looking for him. It's January 1995 when we see the boys living that extravagant life. We've got new clothes, new cars, new houses, just like (gasps) episode 35, Bling Ring, 89 Menendez. Oh, my God. And most recently, 105 Goodfellas. Hell, yeah. Hey. Hey. There you go. Cheers again. Ah. Yeah, you're supposed to keep the money a secret, but you can't stop spending it. Mm Mm-mm. Meanwhile, Vic is hiding out in a roach motel when Dubois changes his mind and decides to help him out. He starts by following our guys and even gets a membership to the gym. Danny, now living in Vic's house, managing Vic's deli, is also training new clients. Dorball marries his erectile dysfunctional nurse, Rebel Wilson, which is incredible. Yeah, amazing. A really fun part of the movie. And Doyle is back on Coke, living yeah. out of a hotel and banging Serena. <laughs> Doyle's back on Coke. Yep. Yeah. High as a kite and broke after inhaling all of his share of Vic's money, Doyle tries to rob a bank and ends up losing a toe. I feel like all Whoa. of this. This is all made up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all made up. Yeah. The sure funsies. So police chase after him, blah, blah, blah. And. For whatever reason, it just gets crazy after that. So Doyle goes to Danny and Dorball like, hey, we need more money. And they named the guy Frank Griga. Yeah. Listeners will remember Frank Griga as our coroner from episode 86, Lonely Hearts. Oh, our Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. Was that Valentine's Day? Sure. All right. I know that one, though. Yeah. Lonely Hearts. Yeah. During the investment proposal, Griga insults Danny, calling him an amateur. So Danny loses his shit and kills him with a dumbbell. (laughs) (laughs) It's so stupid. It's so silly. Griga's girlfriend hears the struggle from the other room and walks in to see the dead body. So they drug her with a tranquilizer. Yep. And once restrained, they give the or she gives them the combo to the safe that they assume that they'll be able to open. And obviously, when it doesn't work, they end up giving her more tranquilizer and it ends up killing her. Right. Because, you know, what else are we going to do? Danny steals Griga's 
purple Lambo. Oh, not co- yellow. Yeah, purple. a purple Lambo. And for whatever reason, Doyle feeds Griga's dog his severed toe. <laughs> Why? From, yeah, right from the previous chase, which obviously gets discovered by Griga's cleaning people. And then the gym gang takes on the two bodies to the sex shop where they do what you said. They chop them up. They try to use the chainsaw and it doesn't work. And they try to return it. And they're Mm -hmm. like, well, there's fucking hair in it. That's wild. Could you imagine being the poor college kid working at the hardware store figuring that shit out? No. That's crazy. They go back and they use the axe. And then they use a fucking... Weber a <laughs> barbecue. Yeah, my husband uses outside yeah. of the warehouse. <laughs> so silly. Like where everyone can yeah. see. Oh. How silly. <sighs> <laughs> we have a problem with it because it's poor planning. And we're like, come on, guys. Before they place the pieces into a barrel that they dump in a channel somewhere and i think of episode 16 snowtown oh Oh. do they put bodies in barrels in snowtown all the barrels i think that was like the name of the episode so i have episode 18 one too many barrels oh well maybe i i might have misplaced but i think we're talking about the same episode i think we are okay fine great Mm -hmm. fantastic when dubois Dubois finds Griga's gone missing and that he's been hanging out with the gym boys. Immediately, he alerts police and we see them pull up at our beginning scene mm-hmm. with him working on his core. <laughs> Not the core. He takes off at full speed and he gets to Vic's speedboat where he heads straight for the Bahamas. And he keeps um, all the information for the offshore accounts. Mm -hmm. And police catch up to him. And Vic has like a safety deposit box. Deposit box. Listen, we're getting to the end. We got this. We got this. Deposit box. Deposit box. (laughs) Nothing in it. Like it was a waste of time. Right. And so... He, Danny is like, well, fuck, we got to bounce. He tries to get away. He gets caught and he's flown back via helicopter Mm -hmm. to a huge squad of police where he can't help but feel like proud of himself. Oh, he's like, wow, all of this. I look at this. Mm -hmm. Look what I did. Look what I did. Yeah. Look at all this attention. Mm -hmm. When Du Bois asks him. Why he did it, it's a simple answer. Because I'm a doer. Okay, three-finger plan. <laughs> the trial is described as the longest and most bizarre yeah. <laughs> of Dade County history. Most of the evidence is circumstantial except for the serial numbers listed on Griga's girlfriend's implants. There we go. Mm-hmm. That, along with Doyle's confession and Vic's testimony on the stand. Um, so it was the fucking the inmate, the drug 
the druggy Doyle that mm-hmm. narked. Okay. Mm-hmm. In the movie. And then after a deliberation, the jury found that Doyle would be sentenced for 15 years for his cooperation while Dorball and Lugo got life in prison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, we end the movie with this inspirational line from Danny. Oh, boy. Life is going to give me another set, and I'm going to rock it. Because my name is Danny Lugo, and I believe in fitness. Okay, Danny. <laughs> get your fitness on. I hear you get jacked in prison. Oh, well, Mike, the situation. Yeah, all you do is work out, What? Right? What else are you going to do? All right. What else are you going to do? So what a movie. What a case. How? What, what are the knives? What are we giving it? What's your review? I don't know. The name change and a few little things here and there. Mm. I'll give it like a like a four. Okay. Yeah. Four strong. I think a four is good. And now how much did you enjoy watching it? It's the ridiculous, movie, right? The movie's a five. Yeah. The movie's a, a great time. It's so crazy. It's so silly. It's so... I mean, I just... All I remember from that movie is being like, this is the craziest movie I've ever seen. Because... They do. They. It's very upfront. It's like, this is based on a true story. And then halfway through the movie, they're like, this is still based yeah. on. Uh, I swear to tr- God, these morons like, yeah. did this. And again, we're in Florida. Yeah. Crazy anything shit. Anything could happen in Florida. Any, anything can happen in Florida. All right. Perfect. We and love- what's your look of the week? I brought shorts. I don't know if I can bring myself to put them on. We can do it another day. Yeah. yeah but basically like the the scene where he's going to apply for the job where he's got the long sleeve <laughs> on so the top. Silly. Yeah. It's and it's very business on the bottom. It's almost like the human mullet. Right. Yeah. More business on the top. Party on the bottom. And party on the bottom. Fun. Exactly. So that's what I'm going for. That's so funny. That's what that's what I hope to depict in our picture. And in all fairness, that is what I would look for as a manager of my gym. I'd be yeah. Like, yeah, you get it. You get the vibe. No, he literally, fun. that was his whole facade is like, I'm trying to be America. Yeah. At the fullest and at the most like distinguished. Yeah. While, while I make gains. But really, I'm like a piece of shit it, no it's crazy that's fun it's so funny all right so that's it well, I, did, I do apologize oh. for last week's look oh because we were planning on having yeah, we were yeah but plans mm-hmm. they change mm-hmm. so we had originally planned for last week's episode for you to be like hanging the wanted posters up on like telephone poles and stuff. And instead we pivoted to me being at like the call center. The call center. You are, I was texting you at work and you're like, oh, maybe I can figure out. I'm like, just you're at work. Just pretend you're at the call center. And so there you go, guys. I think that's fine. I, that's what you it got. is what it is. It is what it is. But we'll do a fun one this week. And to see pictures of that, go to THC podcast on Instagram. Feel free to leave me a message, a comment, slide into my DMs. If you guys want to leave us a five-star review or ring our bells, we always appreciate it. And it was another fun Bee's birthday episode. What a great episode. Monks all around. I I can't. I can't. I'm still. Incredible. Mm -mm. We're going to still drink some more and, uh, you know, it'll be a great time. And uh, we love you and we will. See 
you next time. Bye. And on a side note, Ooh. um, oh, this no. one, this one's for Bob. Oh, we'll see you on the other side, buddy. That's it. That's it. We'll see you again. For and sure. And we love you. That's and it. We love all you guys. And we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. Hey. Love it. <laughs>